out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good evening. It's going to be a short show tonight. Um, I only have a couple things to really go over. What we've got is uh, the FTC. It looks like they're exploring rules, cracking down on commercial surveillance and lax data security practices. It's only August 11th of 2022 when they decided to make this a big deal. So it's tagged under Consumer Protection, Bureau of Consumer Protection, Big Data, Online Advertising and Marketing, Privacy and Security, Children's Privacy, Consumer Privacy, Data Security, and Technology. I think that that's a pretty big deal. So, um, and the FTC hosted a virtual news conference on the ANPR announcement. Uh, there will be a webcast of that. <clears throat> so, so the Federal Trade Commission announced it's exploring rules to crack down on harmful commercial surveillance and lax data security. Okay, commercial surveillance is the business of collecting, analyzing, and profiting from information about people. Mass surveillance has heightened the risk and stakes of data breaches, deception, manipulation, and other abuses. The FTC's advanced notice of proposed rulemaking seeks public comment on the harms stemming from commercial surveillance and whether the new rules are needed to protect people's privacy information. Okay. Firms now collect personal data on individuals at a massive scale and in a stunning array of contexts said FTC Chair Lena M. Kahn. That is not untrue. That is absolutely true. The growing digitization of our economy, coupled with business models that can incentivize endless hoovering up of sensitive user data and a vast expansion of how this data is used, means that potentially unlawful practices may be prevalent. Our goal today is to begin building a robust public record to inform whether the FTC should issue rules to address commercial surveillance and data security practices and what those rules should potentially look like. Hmm. Okay. So, while I like this, I mean, I, li- I like the sound of it. It's it's a good sounding thing, but the FTC could have done this years ago. Um, I think that they are certainly empowered to do anything that they want to be able to do in terms of, you know, rulemaking and enforcement. As a as an administrative body, but I think that there have, there have definitely things that have been, been tossed around for years, and rules um, are supposed to be enforceable. Who's going to be enforcing these rules? And and the FTC is it just going to become another exercise in check writing? So that's what I hope it doesn't become. If I could use my tech platform to say, okay. This is a good, good business incentive to, to continue to grow the economy and all this other stuff. You know, what are we going to do to get people to move their their surveillance cheese? I'm just kind of wondering about that. I've been wondering about that for years. Like, how do they intend to move their surveillance cheese? So. I'll read further. It says, Companies use algorithms and automated systems to analyze the information they collect. And... 
They make money by selling information through massive, opaque market for consumer data. You know, using it to place behavioral ads, leveraging it to sell more products. Okay, yes, and the government is one of those markets. The gray market is not necessarily opaque, but it can be, especially if it's like an intelligence agency, especially if it's a foreign government, and especially if it's a foreign government enterprise that is owned by the government. It's a nationalized business. Um, so there's, there's always kind of, like in the case of like China, the PIPL, anything flowing through anything that's used their technologies has to be greenlit for surveillance. So if it's on one of their proprietor technologies, derivative technologies, using their parts and stuff, then they will conduct surveillance. So I don't know how they're going to actually get at this when it's actually nationalized companies or fascistic companies. So I'm curious how they're going to get around that or what their real kind of attack is going to be. They are seeking comment. They're seeking comment on a wide range of concerns about commercial surveillance practices, so that will be one of them. It is commercial. When you sell it to a government, that's still commerce. Um, for example, some companies fail to adequately secure the vast rows of consumer data they collect, putting that information at risk to hackers and data thieves. There's a growing body of evidence that some surveillance-based services may be addictive to children and lead a, a, to a wide variety of mental health and social harms. True. All of this is very, very true. While very little is known about the automated systems that analyze data companies collect, uh, I'm going to take a debate with that. There is plenty known about the automated systems, but they are, everybody's under, under NDA. Plenty. Plenty, plenty, plenty. The research suggests that these algorithms are prone to errors, bias, and inaccuracy. And to get them corrected would be really, really tough to do. So, as a result, commercial surveillance practices may discriminate against consumers based on legally protected characteristics like race, gender, religion, and age, harming their ability to obtain housing, credit, employment, and other critical needs. And I think creed should enter that. Creed and politics should enter that now, that people are actively being discriminated against based on their political activities. You know, as we have seen over the last, I don't know, three and a half years, people are just getting booted, booted from their jobs, they're being you know, squashed out of their businesses. They're being denied credit by weird companies, you know, and it's based on people who just loosely claim anything. They they can claim anything. They can say that this person is or might have grazed racism, and then it is what it is. So I'm not really sure. Not sure. Not 100% sure on what that's going to end up being like. But maybe if they added politics and creed in there, along with religion and other protected First Amendment activities, um, I might think that Lena Khan is more authentic. 
see here is other concerns stem from the ways in which companies make commercial surveillance difficult to avoid. Some companies require people to sign up for surveillance as a condition of service. Yes, they do. Consumers who do not wish to have their personal information shared with other parties may be denied service. Yes, they are. Um, or be required to pay a premium to keep their personal information private. After consumers sign up, companies may change their privacy terms going forward to allow for more expansive surveillance. Companies increasingly employ dark patterns or marketing to influence or coerce consumers into sharing personal information. Yes, they do. And they are deceptive in many ways. So in the last few decades, the FTC has used its existing authority under the FTC Act to bring hundreds of enforcement actions against companies for privacy and data security violations. Good. Okay, fine. But it hasn't really stopped them so much. So it's surveillance-based generation. So this is their attempt to get it to, to go forward, to get some kind of remedial act on these companies moving. So... What do we tell these companies? Their their company's business model is based on mass surveillance. It's it's data surveillance. And while we everybody knows it's not good for us, um, we haven't given them the pathway out of this. Um, and if the government gets involved to pull them out of the surveillance stuff, then they have to be one of the first people to jump off of the you know, they have to eradicate their own contracts with these companies you know to pay for the surveillance now in criminal investigations where they have warrants and subpoena processes and due process um, I could totally see that happening um, but if they have broad based like okay give me all your data for X amount of money uh, I'm the CIA and I'm an investor slash advertiser, so give me all the data because money. Here you go. There it is. And then they give all the people to the intelligence agencies because they can pay for it. Just like they would if they were a newspaper or a real estate company. So, you know, I find I find problems. So the government has to stop being a customer of the surveillance genesis business model. So information about how to submit comments on the FTC's advanced notice of proposed rulemaking included in the is included in the Federal Register notice. The deadline for submitting comments will be sixty days after the notice is published in the Federal Register in the coming days. Submitted comments will be posted to regulations.gov. So, um, to those who are listening to this podcast after the fact, during, um, I will post a link in the comments section to this FTC event. Um, I encourage you to consider what you would advise the FTC to do in context of surveillance. If you're opposed to it, which you know you likely are, you know, a lot of people just feel kind of numb about it at this point. They feel like they're really powerless. They, they don't know what to do. Uh, they don't know how to get out from underneath it. They don't know how to approach it um, other than to not use Google and not use the cookies and all this other stuff. 
so you know or use a, a GDPR VPN you know like where it's, it redirects you to a GDPR comp- country where they don't allow you to track so you know in Europe they don't have this ecosystem that's so reliant on surveillance they have they have a diversity of other other monetization projects and you know Chris Strobel who's been on this network was one of those people who's like you don't have to do it this way you really don't have to do it we do it differently in Europe we do it differently in Germany and I was like yeah yeah that's that's amazing I'm excited I'm excited about alternate business models that are not surveillance reliant because it's ruining our society and the algorithms are programmed to do you know they'll rake as much data as you tell them to rake they're programmed to do these things to collate and surface data uh, clean it and compress it and spreadsheet it out you know get it out there and sell it you know it's it's like a machine that basically cleans up all the fish and you know puts them in the cans and then puts the labels on the cans and sends them out you know five cents ten cents for the for the can of data there you go <laughs> it's just commerce at that point it's like what you do with dead dead kill I know Sophie that's just it's so crass all of it is so crass but it's been going on for years I feel really weird about it um, so that that's privacy this week it, it's something I mean it, it's a bone to throw at, at, at folks like me who really are I guess I'm not desperate, but if the government does anything wonderful in in that in this direction towards a national correction of this ecosystem, it would be something. It really would be something. I mean, I, I doubt it would change my vote or anything, but it would make me applaud the fact that you know you get a paycheck, you come to work, and if you actually want to change the the way harm is being administered to the American people and you have the power to do it and you do it because you have the position well good that's your job that's actually your job and you know you you take a tax collected paycheck to, to perform this function but there's also kind of a an ethic and a responsibility as a public official that you have to the American people to do to do ethical work if you're in that office I, I kind of believe that no I believe that I believe that so I feel like this is a, a clean offering. Um, I hope it works out. Um, I hope you participate. I hope you write the FTC and tell them what the rules should be. And, um, you know, presuming that, that you want less surveillance and you want less of Amazon and Facebook and all the services that you use to be consistently reliant on a surveillance data um, capital system, which actually feeds BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, and that's the alternate currency system that is kind of undermining uh, the U.S. dollar in the market space. You know, you may not be, you may not care as much about that, but when they are truly relying on the surveillance interchange. And it's weakening, you know, our geopolitical power and influencing inflation. And you know, there's, there's other 
other strong reasons to deal with the surveillance capital issue right now really strong reasons to deal with it right now for national security you know PIPL which is China's privacy law which is basically a giant hoovering like if you use our tech if it was assembled in our country if you use our tech we shall get all the data okay and I'm sure that that was rhythmically like incorrect but it doesn't stop it from being true PIPL is China's privacy data law and it will suck everything that is in your computer if it's a Lenovo and it's unencrypted if it's some other type of technology that is data reliant on parts chips or technologies from China that are like China proprietor okay then it's it's going over to China data is going to China so that's that's a no-go and uh, so when it gets to China it turns into money over there though so the people who are in this system really love when your data becomes their money and that's why they like this system that's why they fought and punched tooth and nail to keep it going so I am reserving caution I guess I have to be careful because I don't I don't want to be discouraging I want people to be happy about any kind of progress on on privacy and technology to be to but to be overly gloomful and say this is there's no way out of this you know all is doom you better not try you better not do anything for yourself you know that's not that's not helping that's really not helping so i i urge you to try to work on this in your in on your independent notice as a citizen you know this is something you actually can do to influence the process if you don't want mass surveillance to be you know the economy the tech economy because that's what it is right now and if you don't want to be the product if you don't want the media to treat you like a product you know if you don't want advertisers to basically be in charge of surveillance state practices I mean it's really screwed up there's so much about this whole thing that is entirely way too screwed up so I'm going to invite more people to come talk about this see your Gabriel's online Jonathan's online OK's online and Miranda's online Let's see Hey Miranda, thanks for joining um, the Unsanctioned Citizen. I appreciate you jumping in. Uh, you can talk if you want to, but I'll probably just just talk about a few other things before we get out of here. This is the AI and Tech Weekly rack Recap. This is day 83 of 100 Days of Call-In. I'm going to try to go back to my reading series for Unsanctioned Citizen next week, but today is was usually... Saturdays were usually reserved for uh, that AI show. So that AI show has kind of been hoovered into uh, the 100 Days of Call-In, so into the Unsanctioned Citizen, unfortunately. <laughs> 
So most of the tech roundup and AI notices and things that have to do with, with AI and technology are in this podcast today. So, so let's go to let's go to Twitter really quick. Let's look at some AI. Let's see what's being said. So some Japanese scientists have created some AI and a display, the software can create an image of recalled memories. That's kind of cool. Most of everything on AI this week has been referred or deferred to like NFTs and cryptocurrencies which have kind of drawn a blank on. So RJ Palmer, who's a concept artist at Ubisoft, which is gaming division, uh, says what makes this AI different is that it's explicitly trained on current working artists. You can see below that the AI generated image left even tried to recreate the artist logo of the artist it ripped off. This thing wants our jobs and is it's actively anti-artist. So what is this thing? It's called Stable Diffusion and it does not seem that they have any safeguards in place to protect artists. This sucks, lol. Seems like it would streamline your work and make your life 98% easier, allowing you to multiply your output times like many times over. You're still a skilled artist that can do things other people can't. And RJ Palmer this was the argument that actually Olke Bouyan and Chris Robel were here when we were talking about we were talking about Doll E Doll E 2 and John who is a member of the community dialed in and he had a long talk with these guys about the functionality of it and what it does and so there is a dissenting, you know, it was mostly a friendly conversation with not much, not much challenge. And so here's a dissenting voice in this one, R.J. Palmer, who works in the gaming industry. And John also works in the gaming industry. He says it doesn't make my life easier. It only increases the output expected. So the artist that wants to paint things without AI assistance will be outcompeted by those who, that do AI art. You know, been seeing that as well. Okay, and that's Matt Killard. He's a creature character concept artist. Now, these are concept artists. And these are the people who manufacture, you know, the way that a character might look in a game or an environment. You know, they come up with the entire, like, you know, well, what does their hair look like and what color is it? Are they fluffy or are they skinny? Are they fat? Are they muscular? You know, what are they what are they looking like? So, you know, they come up with intentional concepts, but when this is rendered, they they really feel threatened by this. So they didn't say it was doll E specifically, it just said stable diffusion. So I might have a revisit of this concept 
with John on the program, maybe next week when we talk about stable diffusion. And so it's, it, there's just some dissenting uh, ideas on that and how it affects the art world. Um, it says, this image was taken when I was granted access to an AI sex doll facility. It made me question how I perceive dating in the modern world and how this technology will change the future of the sex work industry. Well, we already covered that. That... Uh, concept a couple weeks ago, so I don't. I'm not really eager to go back down the uh, robo sex hole, if you will. Really, just not ready to do that again. And so I wanted to tell a story. This is altcoins and airdrops. I wanted to tell a story through the artwork I created using AI technology about flare networks and songbird. Networks. It reminds me of a comic book or cryptomics. So it looks like there's there's also dissent over whether or not NFT art is art. You know, should it be treated as art? I know Ai Weiwei doesn't like the fact that NFT can be used as money. So let me try to find that interview. That whole interview he did on Bloomberg was amazing. So I'm going to try to see if I can get it and put it up there but it doesn't look like he's uh, he's posted anything from the from the Bloomberg piece yet so we've got about five minutes left of the podcast I just wanted to open up the phones and see if anybody wanted to to comment if not then I'll just probably keep going <sighs> see here artificial intelligence so I'm going to do deep fakes. I think I should probably do the next program on deep fakes. And a deep fake is basically someone who can can replace your face <laughs> replace a face with uh, another setting and make it look like you were somewhere where you weren't doing something that you weren't actually doing in real time by using a digital copy of you. So here's here's somebody on Twitter saying, does anyone do private deep fakes, nude edits for free? If so, please send me a DM. This is bad shit. Oh my god. So, unfortunately, I'm going to report this tweet. <laughs> I think it affects everybody on Twitter.
There we go. <laughs> Using tips or currency to encourage harmful behavior. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say self-harm. Select another rule. Exposing private information. There we go. Okay. Okay. So I did it. I reported the tweet. <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I should be like, yeah, you could, but this is to do a private deep fake and a nude edit of someone else involuntarily you know to to make their face be on someone else's body so that they can be gross and put them in a bad porno or something like that that's bad so i had to report that unfortunately because that could be used to to blackmail somebody down the down the line and if you pay for somebody to do that that's really bad it says I found a light read today books deep fakes and the infopocalypse or the infocalypse what you urgently need to know need a shick okay we'll figure it out deep fakes pose a growing danger new research says I'll just retweet that <laughs> we already know <laughs> Yeah, I think we're going to have to do a deep fake show. I know I mentioned that, you know, a couple shows ago. So, I really want to concentrate on somebody who's an expert, try to get a guest in about it. So, we're at the end of our time. I wanted to thank everybody who's joining uh after the program and during the program for the Unsanctioned Citizens AI and Tech Weekly recap. Um I'll do my best to bring up that FTC uh rules exploration. And thank you for joining us. Tune in tomorrow at the and look for scheduled times on the calendar. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.